0: Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand, Upgrade your arsenal.
1: Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. Welcome to the show this week. I am super pumped if you can't tell. When this drops, we will be less than two weeks from opening day of deer season. And that is just something to, you know, be excited about. So I'm very excited about it. Real quick before I get going here, a quick announcement. Uh, my wife and I have made a big life decision recently. We decided that we were going to take uh, advantage of this crazy housing market. Um, and we have sold our house and so, or we are in the process of selling our house, and we have moved into a little apartment in her grandparents' uh, shop. And so, sold the house. We're living in about, I don't know, I'm going to say this is like six to 700 square feet now. It's basically a bedroom, a bathroom, and then kitchen slash living room. If you hear a weird scratching noise, that is because my wife's dog is right behind me. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully the audio quality isn't going to suffer too much during this uh, transition time. But uh, yeah, so I'm well, my computer's out here in the living room right now, uh, trying to you know do most of my recordings when my wife's not home. Uh, but the dog's clanking around, the air conditioner's running. So yeah, hope that's not too distracting for everybody. Um, but yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Uh, plan just to you know sit for a little while. We're really, really hoping to maybe buy a little piece of property and build a house. Um, but if not, you know, just kind of hoping the market will settle down, or we can, you know, find something else. So that is the plan. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. If I sound a little different, that's because I'm no longer in my little man room studio thing. <laughs> I am out in the living room. So, so yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. I hope you guys don't mind. Moving on. Now that that's done with, we got a packed show tonight. I'm going to talk about my. I have yet to decide whether it was a successful weekend or unsuccessful weekend. It didn't work out quite like I planned, but other than that, it kind of turned out well, and so we're going to talk about that. And then we have a very exciting guest today. We're going to be talking to Craig Griffith of Oklahoma Bowhunter, and so... Really excited about that. Um, I met Craig a few weeks back. Obviously, I I knew of the site before that, but uh, I got to meet him at the One Nation uh, show in Shawnee a few weeks ago. So we've been trying to get together on the podcast, and it finally worked out. And so, yeah, very excited about that. But uh, real quick, I can't help. I got to tell you guys about this last weekend. So... Uh, you know, like I said, the the previous time I'd gone out to the ranch, I was still kind of recovering from COVID. I got my feeders filled and stuff like that, but it just was an absolute beating on me, and I didn't get everything done that I wanted to. And so, my hope for this coming weekend, or this last weekend that I just got finished with, uh, I talked to my brother. He was going to try to like spray a bunch of the food plots. Um, and, you know, basically kind of have everything ready so that when I came up this weekend, all I'd have to do is basically, you know, fill the drill and go plant the food plots. So, uh, I was talking to my brother throughout the week, you know, just kind of checking in and trying to figure out, you know, what I needed to get or bring or, you know, if, what I needed to do. And they were just having a heck of a week. They're still cutting hay. Uh, things were breaking down. Uh, they just weren't getting along very well. And so all that to say, you know, my brother wasn't able to do basically any prep for me. And so, uh, so I had, luckily I got off work a little bit early on Friday. And so th- kind of things that I was hoping he would be able to get done before I got there was one, get the seed. And so we had uh, a bunch of oats from this spring that got over mature that we ended up harvesting so that we're going to plant, we're going to plant those this year for, um, uh, fall grazing and hay next spring. And so a farmer down the road had harvest them, har- harvested them for us. And so we have, it's called a seed box. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically a, basically a big plastic box that they uh, use to transport seed. So I'm going to say it's probably like four and a half foot by three foot, something like that. Like it'll, it, you know, it'll sit in the back of a pickup, but it fills the whole bed up. Um, and it's got like a little trap door on the bottom. So you can fill it with seed, you cover it over, whatever, and you can empty the seed out. So I was hoping he was going to be able to, you know, get the seed box, go get the seed for me. And then, you know, get the sprayer and spray the plots so that the chemical would have some time to work. So basically, on my, you know, I headed up there, talked to him. He didn't get any of that done. So I was like, you know what? Not that big of a deal. The stuff you're doing is way more important. And so, so I kind of basically transformed my plan then to basically get all of the prep work done. And I kind of had a, a dream of maybe, you know, spraying and planting in the same day. Um, not my preferred method, but I know a lot of people do it. Um, you know, Adam and Matt with Landon Legacy, they do that all the time. So I wasn't too worried about, I was like, you know what, I'll still get all this done work out just fine. So, uh, so anyway, so I'm heading up on Friday. Luckily, luckily I got off work a little early, um, because the seed box that I needed to go get the seed was at our old property that's for sale and it's 45 minutes away uh, on the opposite direction. And so basically Friday, since I got off a little early, I just went past the ranch Went, got the seed box, loaded it up, and brought it back. And, you know, it didn't get back till dark. So spent the night Friday night there um, and then woke up Saturday, uh, drove to my brother's house to empty the seed box because I also wanted to get a few bags of corn. Um, You know, I had my feeders running, but it just seemed like deer weren't really coming to them. So I have a little trick. Uh, I was going to just, you know, pour some corn on the ground and pour some vanilla over it, get that scent going. But anyway, the, the co-op closes at noon, so I wanted to make sure I got there in time to get the corn. So I just figured I better do it first thing. So drove to my brother's house, dropped the seed box off, drove to, to the co-op, got corn, came back, unloaded the, the corn, and called my brother to kind of see where he was at, and uh, he had even more bad news for me. So uh, the night before, I hadn't talked to him since this, the night before they were baling hay, and one of the rollers on the baler broke, uh, which is obviously not good. But not only that, the tractor that I was going to be able to use, uh, the fan belt had broken. And so he had already put the new fan belt on. He just hadn't like, put it all back together. Um, and so like not only had he not ever gotten anything done, but he you know wasn't going to be able to help me either. So luckily, uh, well, I mean, lucky for me, not fortunate for them. Uh, they had to drive a little ways to go, go get a new roller. And so my brother sent my dad to go get the roller. He went and fixed the fan belt, and then he called the guy who had our seed, who was storing our seed to see that I could come get it. So so drove to that guy's house, and uh, he just had a skid steer out there in the pasture. It was in one of those big like bag things on the ground, if you've seen those. But the problem was the... Uh, seed box is narrower than the bucket on the skid steer so i couldn't just like get a big old scoop and pour it in there i was kind of having to like go at an angle and kind of get like you know just the corner trying to keep it off the other side of the bucket because it's so wide and so i could only get like maybe a quarter of a bucket at a time so that was a little frustrating but ended up getting it filled you know kind of got everything situated there came back uh unloaded the seed box and by that time my brother had fixed the tractor so i was like sweet all right uh, you know, where's the sprayer? He's like, Oh, sprayers at the other property at the river property, which is like 10 miles away. I was like, okay, not a big deal. Uh, you know, I can just go over there and pull it with my pickup. So drove over to the river property, uh, got there, hooked the sprayer up, which I discovered once I got there, had like 400 gallons of fertilizer in it. It's a 800 gallon tank. Um, and it was about half full of fertilizer. So I was like, well, gonna have to pump that out. So hook it up to my truck, go to take off. And it's just like, like it, I'm struggling to pull it harder than I thought. And so I get out, and I look around, and uh, the tire on the opposite side, the tire on the sprayer on the passenger side, completely flat on the rim. And no way to air it up there, no air compressor. The air compressor was on our farm truck, which was back in my brother's house. So drove back to my brother's house, and, uh, of course, the farm truck wasn't at the shop. It was where they were cutting hay, which is, like, in the furthest back pasture we have. So drove back there, switched trucks, jumped in it, Get in it, it's completely out of gas, so instead of driving back to the river property to get the sprayer, I had to drive to town to put gas in the truck. Then I drove to the river property, uh, get it hooked back up. Uh, Luckily, I go to start the air compressor and can't get it started, and so I go to flip the little air valve, and air started pouring out. I was like, okay, hold on. We got air. Don't want to mess with it yet, and we did have a skid steer there, so I went and got the skid steer and picked up that side of the sprayer to kind of get some pressure off the tire. And then hook the air hose up, and, I mean, by God's grace, I had, like, just enough air to air the tire up. It worked out perfect. Like, just about the time it stopped putting the air out, I, you know, took the air hose off, lowered it down, and the tire was, like, perfect. I think if I wouldn't have raised it up with the skid steer and having that extra pressure, I'm not sure if I would have got it filled. So I'm glad I did that. So, yeah, get hooked up to the sprayer, pull it back. And I uh, park it next to the uh, fertilizer tank. So I got to pump the fertilizer out of it, uh, unhook it from the pickup, and uh, go. I uh, get the pump and everything, get it set up, start the pump, open all the valves. Starts pumping. It runs for about eight seconds, and the pump dies. Shut the pump or shut the valves off. Open the gas tank. The uh the pump is out of gas. So go look around the shop. Luckily I found one gas tank that had like maybe an inch of gas in it. A five gallon jug had like an inch of gas, so not much, definitely less than a gallon. Go pour that in the pump, kinda shake it around, fire the pump up, pump fires up, and uh luckily it had enough gas in it to then pump all the four all four hundred gallons out into the big tank. So get that emptied, go to where we normally fill the, the tank with water, which we just we use a water hose. And uh, there's no hoses there, so I'm running around the yard. I'm, like, pulling hoses out of the flower bed, out of the well house and everything, get hoses hooked up, finally get uh, water pumping into the sprayer. And uh, basically from that point, I am ready to, like, start the work that I got there to do. And this is at, like, probably four thirty, five o'clock at this point. So I pretty much made up my mind at that point that, you know, there was no point in trying to get uh, get everything planted that weekend, but... You know, in the long run and kind of thinking back on it and knowing what I know now, I kind of like that better. You know, I, so I um, got the tank filled, put the chemical in there, went back, sprayed all three plots, um, had just enough, like I guessed just right on the chemical and the water and everything. And, uh, you know, I think it's just going to be better. So now it's going to have a week to for the chemical to work, to kill everything, um, but, you know, it won't quite be laid down yet. And then I'm going to go back this coming weekend and plant everything. And like I said, I already got the seed. uh, The drill's ready to go and everything. So basically, I'll just have to go back there and plant it. Uh, That stuff will already kind of be in the dying process. Most likely, when I run over it with the drill, that stuff will kind of lay down and make a a nice little mat. Um, And then one other thing that kind of worked out in my favor, uh, part of the reason I was going to try to to, uh, plant on Saturday was because just looking ahead in the forecast, I think, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, there was quite a few, like, 50% chances of rain. And I was like, man, surely we'll get some rain out of that. Um, but as it turned out, we really didn't. Um, there was a quick little shower, I think Wednesday night, um, but not enough. If anything, it might have done damage and not good. Like, it wasn't enough to really soak the ground. It might have been enough to kind of get those seeds to open up, but then they just would have dried out. And so, you know, waiting another week, it's not going to hurt me. If anything, it's going to help me. And so the way it worked out, it's all going to work out just fine. So got everything sprayed, everything done. Um, you know, that property was pretty much ready to go as far as feeders and stands and everything else. And so worked out pretty well, um, got everything done minus planting. And then Sunday I went over to, uh, our old property, um, the one that we're trying to sell and, you know, until it sells, I'm going to keep hunting it. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we kind of have it somewhat ready to go. Um, I filled two feeders over there. I hung a new stand. Um, I think uh, if you go to my Instagram, you you can see a picture of that stand that I hung. It's one that um, that setup has been there for a year or two, that feeder, but I've never put a bow stand on it because it just doesn't have good access. It's on a a power line right away. It's an awesome muzzleloader and rifle spot. Uh, Absolutely awesome because you can see a long way, uh, real brushy on each side of it. But there's just not a really good way to to access it and get up close for a bow shot. Um, I have hunted it with a bow a couple times, but I've normally just hunted on the ground, you know, kind of snuck up and there's some brushy spots that I've just kind of tucked into. Um, but I had an extra stand laying around I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and hang this stand and it's just going to be like a high risk, high reward type stand. You know, I may only hunt that like once a month, something like that. You know, I'm not going to say I only hunt it one time during the whole season but it's definitely not a stand that I can hunt over and over again, um but you know if the right buck is there, if the conditions are just perfect, uh I can get in there and I have a nice tree stand to sit in so so yeah, that was my weekend. um I was probably talking super fast, like I said, the whole shebang probably could have you know taken me thirty minutes to tell, but uh, I didn't want to take up the entire podcast with that one story so but uh but yeah, as of right now. I am basically hunt ready. Like I said, I'm going to go up this Saturday and actually plant the plots real quick. Um, I think uh, I think I'm totaling about six acres. Like I said, over three different plots. I got like a, a two acre, a little three quarter to one acre, and then about a three acre. And so they're not you know all the same size, but man, I'm so excited for deer season. Like I said, like uh, everything's ready the dominoes are falling into place or whatever that saying is and i'm just ready to go so so yeah that is my story that is my prep and that's going to do it for this intro so i hope you guys are still with me i uh, hope y'all didn't mind that little update um uh, but we're we're so close to season guys i don't you know i just wanted to get you guys to know where i'm at um so yeah that's where i'm at Alrighty, let's transition into the podcast today. Like I said, we're talking to Craig with Oklahoma Bowhunter. And man, if y'all are not a part of this uh, network, you need to be. And so I'm not going to ruin it. I'm going to let Craig tell you guys about it. But be sure to look him up after this. Also, don't forget to, uh, you know, look me up on Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever float your boat and get ready because, you know, as hunting season uh, comes around, I'm going to be posting a whole lot more. Um, like I said, I've been talking about it. I'm going to try to do some more uh, filming this year, YouTube content, that type of stuff. So, so be looking forward to it, guys, because we're right there. Season's right around the corner. And with that, here is my episode, my podcast with Craig Griffith of Oklahoma Bowhunter. Grab that old stick and string, Uncle Ted taught me it ain't looking through a scope or that black powder smoke. It's living life in full draw, letting luminolites fly like shooting stars. Got my real tree on. I'm in the tree all day long And every chance I get to hunt You know I'm gonna I'm an Oklahoma boy Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today we're talking to Craig Griffith. How you doing, Craig?
2: Doing great, man.
1: Thanks Good. for having me. Oh yeah, I've been been excited about this for a while. So, uh, real quick before we jump into everything, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, where you're from, who you are, what you do, and that type of thing.
2: All right, my name's Craig Griffith. Uh, I'm just an average bow hunter from Oklahoma. Um, I, I love the sport. I love chasing whitetails. Um, been doing it since I was about 14 years old, and uh, hunted a lot with my family and my cousins. So, awesome. Um, I'm a, I'm originally from Chickshay, Oklahoma.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, my kids go to school in Washington, Oklahoma. Now is where we currently live.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm going to say, uh, you know, if anybody listen to this as a hardcore Oklahoma bow hunter, they probably know, you know, maybe not who you are, but uh, about you and about your page especially. And so, before we really jump into things, why don't you just give us the rundown? What is Oklahoma Bow Hunter?
2: Yeah. Uh, so Oklahoma Bow Hunter was kind of an idea that my brother and my cousin we were all visiting one day and trying to figure out a way bow hunters could share photos and see what was harvested in Oklahoma. Um, we we really missed going to those check stations growing up, and you'd see all the Polaroids on the wall. And so we were trying to figure out a, a platform. And so I was like, why don't we just create a page on Facebook, and the first name Oklahoma, second name uh, Bowhunter. And I started adding all my buddies at Bow hunt. and then it just, once I reached about 5,000 friends, People were messaging me like, "Hey man, can you delete this guy from Texas so we can uh, <laughs> follow the page?" And um, so it just it kind of blew up. And mm-hmm. I started that in uh, 2010, mm-hmm. and then about uh, 2011, uh, Facebook came out with a uh, like the, the like pages. Mm-hmm. So then we created that community and just for people to uh, share photos. Mm-hmm. And we just felt like it was a it was really neat for a way for them to tag Oklahoma bow hunter and then they all went to the same page. Um, easy way for, to keep people excited about what's going on and what's harvested in Oklahoma. And so far it's always been really positive. Um, the quality of hunters that follow the page, uh, don't really bash a lot of hunters. Um, I have deleted some posts over the years, but um, nothing that I couldn't write, send them a message and, and kind of encourage them to be positive and, and see a change in, in those those hunters that that were commented on the page. Mm-hmm.
1: So awesome, awesome! And you've kind of extended it past uh, Facebook now, and uh, you're on pretty much everything, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, so we've had a, a website at times, and then we did the Instagram, and we've done the Twitter and I have a guy that helps me run the Instagram page so helps me keep up with everything. Um and this year we started a group on Facebook called Oklahoma Bow Hunter and that allows people to connect more and comment more um in a private platform. Mm-hmm. So not the public can't see comments and stuff like that. You've got to be you got to be added to that group.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you kind of mentioned it, but like, I mean, you try to keep it fairly Oklahoma only. You know, do you do like, you know, let's, let's say a member of the group like travels to Nebraska or somewhere, Kansas, somewhere and, and shoots a buck. Like, do you tend to post that type of thing? You try to keep it more just Oklahoma.
2: So <clears throat> we post a lot of photos. And if you're from Oklahoma and you kill a deer out of state, we post it. Mm-hmm. We just try to comment and let people know, Hey, this was. This was harvested in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you follow the pictures on the page, we we do the watermark stamp on the ones that are in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So if I ever post a picture that doesn't have the logo on it, then you can assume it was an out-of-state kill.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Yep. Awesome. All right. So, uh, yeah, you're on Facebook. Instagram actually is how I found you. Um, I'm just a little more active on there. Um, And so, yeah, it's really cool. Um, you know, you get the photo, you get a little bit of the backstory and everything. Um, let's say somebody's listening to this and they haven't heard of you and they're like, hey, I got a photo. I want to submit it. Why don't you talk about that process?
2: Yeah. So the best way to do it is send us a message through Facebook, a private message on the, the main page. And we just try to tell people to send as many photos as they can into the page for us to, to use. Um, we prefer people to turn their phone sideways Mm -hmm. once they they've killed a deer and take a picture with a landscape photo just because it's going to look better stretched out on the tv or on a monitor um and we post like i said we post things on social media but every year um in march we there's a hunting show called the backwoods expo and so we we have a booth there where bow hunters can come and see deer that have been harvested that season and then I have a TV that loops all the photos.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I average around 600 photos every season um, that we post. And last year was one of the best years. We almost got over 1,000 photos submitted. Mm-hmm. So it's it's growing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And you touched on it a little bit there, but that's one thing I really wanted to, I guess, give you a platform to talk about is – the photo, like, you know, kind of the tips for taking the photo and stuff, you know. What are you looking for? What should people do? Uh, you know, I'm guessing you probably don't want, like, a big bloody mess if possible. Uh, you know, just kind of give people, like, a tip for if they're going to submit a photo, the type of photo you want.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so um, we tried to get it in a natural setting. So say you shoot a deer all by yourself and you drag it all the way home and you have no one to take a photo for you. I tell people – take it in your backyard just find a random tree and and set up that way and a neighbor or a family member can take the picture in front of that tree and it looks a lot better um, than taking it in front of your house or your garage or in the back of a pickup we just we don't post any pictures that have been hanging from a tree and you're standing there with your bow uh, we don't post any pictures of, of of a deer in the back of a pickup we just try to think of each photo being on the cover of a magazine, mm-hmm. and you want to take the best photo you can to, for us to share it, to share your story. And most people really like it because they print off the pictures that we post and they'll they'll put them up in their office and they do it every year. We've got hunters that have been sending in photos since the, their, the very beginning, mm-hmm. so it's pretty neat.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, you know. And, uh, yeah, these are going on the Internet. People are printing them out. So you just got to think of kind of putting your best foot forward, you know, it's speaking to the people, yeah. obviously. And so, you know, yeah. think about, you know, non-hunters or maybe somebody who's on the fence about it. You know, you want that classy-looking photo and not, you know, something all bloody, lean, you know, falling out of a pickup or anything like that. So,
2: Yeah, when we started, I would really post any kind of picture. I didn't know how to edit on Photoshop. So if a tongue was hanging out, I would post it. But I've learned I get a lot more negative messages to the page from someone that's a non-hunter because they're offended by the photos. Mm. Um, So we always try to do our best photo that we can to, you know, not offend any non-hunters that are out there that would possibly see it, Uh, Mm -hmm. someone share it on their own personal page.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. Now... uh... You know, obviously, it's kind of like a little bit of a bragging board. You know, it's showing off your your and stuff. Are you just looking for you know giant buck photos? Are you you know do y'all post does or any bow kill? Talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, so anything you harvest with a bow in Oklahoma that's legal, we post it. So we've we don't post that many bow fishing photos. We we do a few. Not a lot of guys submit them. Um, we have a lot of guys that submit hog photos, um, guys that shoot a coyote with their bow. We post it. The The main focus has always been deer. Um, we get quite a few turkey kills as well. So it really anything that a guy shoots with his bow, we're happy to post it as long as it's a quality photo. And we just try to celebrate with them, big or small. You know, if a guy shoots a spike and he's excited about it, you know, we're going to post it because he's – He's excited
1: about it. Yeah, and I think that's super important. I mean, just, you know, everybody has different management goals. Everybody has different pieces of property to hunt, you know, more quality, less quality. And so I think it's very important for just everybody, especially just us hunters, to get along and just support everybody. You know, everybody has their own style. They hunt their own way, and, uh, and we need to be supportive of each other for sure. Yeah, and
2: bow hunters tend to be more supportive of other hunters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a longer season, so you have more time in the woods, and, you know, there's always guys willing to help another hunter, you know, step up and help them up with whatever they need, whether that's dragging the deer out or, you know, help them with, you know, stand locations, things like that. We always have people ask us, you know, where should I put my stand at? And so we'll have them, they'll crop a picture of where they hunt at and send it to us, and we'll try to educate them on where we think it would be a good spot for the wind and and direction so that way they're more successful
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's a great way to learn too and and like you said it's it's really cool to to go through the pictures and just see you know what the state has to offer um yeah and and just all the little information you can get it's just really cool to to look at so and, uh, you guys also, y'all are, uh, have some pretty sweet merchandise. Uh, I picked up a hat from you at the, the most recent, sh- uh, One Nation show out in Shawnee. And that's where you and I met for the first time and got to talking. And, um, and so, you know, if somebody wants a, a hat or something like that, d- do you only sell them at the shows or can they message you or do y'all have a website? Uh, what about your merchandise?
2: Uh- so yeah, you can message us on Facebook, and we just kind of send you pictures back of what we have in stock. We uh, we do sell merchandise in the off season, just to kind of help support those local hunting shows to kind of help pay for the booth. Mm-hmm. We do sell them at a few archery shops around the metro area, and you can get them at local shops to to be able to buy in person, or you can message us and we'll just we'll ship it to you and you pay it through PayPal and, and we ship it right to you and within like one to two days. So. Very cool. Down the road we, we will have we'll have a website to mm-hmm. do it. It's just it's just more for me to keep <laughs> up with. So we just yeah. try to uh, you know focus on Facebook. People do submit them through Instagram with the photos, and um, you know I've sold a few things through Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. So,
1: gotcha, gotcha. Very cool. Um, any other tips for people? Um, any other uh, things about the site?
2: Just, I always try to promote, try to, you know, work with your neighbors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think as a bow hunter, the the more you can be thoughtful of the other hunters around you, it makes the hunting season that much better for everyone else. Mm-hmm. So the more you can work together, I think it, it really helps unite and, and create a better community. There's enough people out there that are against hunters. And the more we work together, you know, whether it's a duck hunter next to you, um, you know, and they're, you're out there bow hunting, try to be respectful of their season as well. Um, you know, just cause it's bow season, you know, always wear your orange when it's rifle season out there. Uh, we try to really always stay on top of people to to do the right thing. Mm-hmm.
1: That's good. That's good. This is kind of random, but I got to ask, have you ever had like a fight break out on the page where somebody sends in their photo and then like their neighbor or, you know, somebody down the road is like, Hey, that's my buck, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> i i've had
2: guys actually create relationships from that they'll oh, message yeah. each mm-hmm. other um there was a, a a bragging board page in oklahoma and there was a buck that i had on camera mm-hmm. and i messaged the guy and i just said hey first off congratulations mm-hmm. um you shot a great deer it was one of the biggest deer i've ever had on camera mm-hmm. and i never had that deer in daylight so he wasn't living anywhere close to me mm-hmm. but i wanted i wanted to reach out and say hey I'm happy for you and here's a few more pictures of the deer you harvested mm-hmm. and so we got to talk in and realize that deer traveled two miles to get to my stand from where he was hunting across mm-hmm. the river mm-hmm. and so to kind of tie all that together you just never know what information you can share with your neighbor but you got to be just as happy for him when he mm-hmm. harvests that deer of a lifetime
1: that's right you know
2: and so or, you know, your neighbor might have a different goal than you, you know, that they might be content with shooting younger deer. And, you know, you just, you've got to high five them and, you know, do what's best for everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's funny that a lot of people, and, you know, I used to be the same way. Uh, everybody likes to think of those deer as third deer, you know, and everybody's so afraid yeah. to you know, share a picture with their neighbor or talk to their neighbor about this buck because they're like, maybe he doesn't know about it. And, you know, maybe he's mine and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, with as many trail cameras as there are out there, you know, pretty much everybody running trail cameras now, there's a very good chance that the guy just across the fence has, you know, the same photo or, or uh, that same uh, buck on camera. You know, it's it's more than likely not a secret, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so, um, you know, I kind of, figured that out a couple years ago and so i started i kind of initiated the conversation with one of our neighbors like hey like you know this is a deer that uh you know i have pictures of he's pretty nice but i think he needs one more year and sure enough he knew exactly what deer i was talking about he said they had kind of been on the fence of whether they were going to shoot it or not and so you know by me initiating that conversation we decided together you know pass that buck let him go another year and so, you know, more times than not, you're probably going to help yourself, you know, talking to your neighbor than hurt yourself. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I just think the more you work together, I've always said I wish bow hunters were more like duck hunters where you're happy <laughs> when people actually get their limit. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you're. but I just think the more you work with your neighbors, they usually have equipment that you don't own. Mm-hmm. So working together with doing food plots. And really stand location so your wind isn't hurting their wind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working together that way usually makes a, a better hunt for
1: everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and just being on the same page with, you know, management goals, um, you know, whether you're going to take does, not take does, how many does, you know, are you going to lo- try to get your bucks to three years old or five years old, you know, that type of stuff. Like I said, more often than not, usually good's going to come out of that conversation. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I, I always always tell people I care more about relationships than killing the deer, so mm-hmm. it's one of those things that it's just every deer's got somebody's name on it. It may, it may not be your name, so because <laughs> um, you hear, you know, people all the time, oh, that buck was four miles away from where I had him on camera at, you mm-hmm. know, and so they just can't believe that that deer traveled that far, and I just – think the more you work with other neighbors you realize these deer have you know two types of homes they might have mm-hmm. a summer location and a fall location
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then they travel you know where those does are at mm-hmm. and they might go back and forth to those homes and you just don't you know that oh, i had not seen him in a couple of weeks you've seen him you know and like i said it's just and you can close the chapter too if, mm-hmm. if you never talk to your neighbor you might still be chasing the deer that you thought was still there
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you know it's on someone else's wall so it kind of gives you that peace of mind that hey that deer's done and i've, I've got to find another one
1: yep yep i've had that happen to me too <laughs> always a little bittersweet but you know like i said they're they're free range wild deer most of the time and yeah. uh so you just kind of got to get over that sometimes but oh yeah okay. yeah we're just blessed to, to be able to hunt them so. mm, for sure for sure and uh yeah, I, 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 guess i didn't realize y'all did you know i've seen a few coyote pictures and stuff uh i, I don't guess i've seen hog pictures but um but yeah that's a, a sweet way to keep the site running you know year round with all that type of stuff uh, i've yet to kill a coyote with my bow i've tried but i've not done it yet <laughs> um, but if i do i'm definitely going to send that one to you because that is definitely a point of pride so
2: yeah yeah i've had people send in squirrel kills and all kind. Of, <laughs> i mean just you name it but mm-hmm. Yeah, since I've been posting pictures for 11 years, I've got some pretty wild pictures that Mm -hmm. I just said, hey, man, I can't post that. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations on that deer. Next year, try to take a better picture. Mm -hmm. And so you always, you know, want to be supportive of them for taking the time to send a picture in. And Mm -hmm. so I always try to respond to them and and educate them that, hey, man, it'd be great if you took a better picture. So, and if I I hadn't posted your picture, that's probably why. So
1: Mm.
2: (laughs) um, I always try to, you know. Reach out and and be supportive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I I usually give uh, a lot of my guests this opportunity. Uh, I want to hear a hunting story from you. It can be be deer. It can be anything else. Uh, We're going to put you on the spot a little bit. And uh, give me one of your favorite hunting stories.
2: Favorite hunting story. Um, Probably going, I was going, I was going deer hunting, um, on our family farm and I only had five arrows and, I, I headed to the, to the woods deep in there and I walked up on some hogs and there's about 30 of them just surrounding me. I'm on the ground, they're in the trail, so I can't go, I can't run to the standing and blow by them. Um, and so I decided to start picking them off left and right and they were just kind of just. <laughs> kind of moving all around and I get down to that last arrow (laughs) and I just, I didn't want to shoot another hog because if I get to the deer stand and didn't have an arrow, Mm. I wouldn't be able to deer hunt. Right. And so I, I finally just scare them all off and I head to the, head to the stand and then right before dark, I hear this noise and I'm thinking it's a buck just walking right through the trees. And sure enough, it was one of those hogs that I'd (laughs) shot and he he comes right in front of me and, and I shot it and, and dropped it. And so I ended up getting those two arrows back. <laughs> so that was probably, it's not a big buck tail, but yeah. it was just something that was just exciting because, uh-huh. you know, you don't expect to shoot that many hogs in one night. And right. then they just didn't know where it was coming from. You know, mm-hmm. a gun, you shoot it, they all scatter. Right. But when you're, 20 yards from them on the ground mm-hmm. with arrows mm-hmm. you know they just didn't know what was hitting them and they were all just mm-hmm. kind of scattering out but they they weren't really leaving the area yeah and so that was probably my uh, a really fun night
1: so. <laughs> awesome awesome well cool man i uh i really appreciate you taking the time to come on real quick before i shut down though um just give everybody a quick reminder of how to submit photos and then tell everybody where they can find you you know all your facebook instagram stuff
2: yep so um social media platforms facebook twitter instagram and down the road we will have a website um to send them in yeah just personal message those pages direct message them and send in the photos um if you've got questions feel free to send us a message all year round, you know, no questions, a dumb question, you know, whether that's just trying to find the closest archery shop that works on your bow. Um, We work with a lot of the archery shops to make sure guys are getting their needs met and uh, getting taken care of. Down the road, we will have, like I said, a website where people can submit that way as well. Um, We're also in the process of uh, posting pictures inside archery shops, Mm -hmm. Um, so we have one location right now in norman um, that we have a tv up and it loops all the photos that i submit on the page Mm -hmm. so throughout the season once i post it on facebook it will also go to that tv at that archery shop and so it'll it'll almost have all the live kills going on and so it's almost like an espn for bow hunters Mm -hmm. um, in in those shops so it's Mm -hmm. gonna be pretty neat we're gonna try to do it in as many archery shops as we can so
1: awesome Awesome. Man, just on the behalf of all the Oklahoma bow hunters, I want to say thank you. You know, thank you for getting the name out there, getting our state out there. You know, I think, uh, I think Oklahoma's picked up a lot of, a lot of momentum in the past, you know, two or three years. You know, kind of getting our name out there as a big buck state. And, uh, and it's just, you know, it's a fantastic place to hunt. Good quality deer. Uh, you know, two buck tags. That's definitely a plus. Um, so yeah, I just want to, you know, thank you on behalf of everybody for, you know, spreading the word about us.
2: Yep. I enjoy it, man. It's nice meeting, you know, like mine and bow hunters and that's what it's all about.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Craig, I think that's probably going to do it for us. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, any last words?
2: Nope, uh, just ain't small, miss small. (laughs) I like it. And it's a good picture.
1: All righty. Yeah,
2: and I always try to tell people to smile, too. It it Mm. helps to smile behind those photos. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. Everybody knows you're tough. You might as well smile for the picture. (laughs) Yes, true. (laughs) All righty, Craig. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. What a cool guy! Thank you, Craig, for coming on, and uh, just thank you for your passion. You know, like I said on the episode, it really means a lot to me that you you know take time out of your busy schedule to do this stuff and, and to bring people together and just and just represent the great state of Oklahoma like you do. So, really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed that, and I hope you guys will uh, you know send some photos to Craig, buy some merchandise, say hello at the shows, and uh, yeah, just support him because like he's talking about. What could be better than Oklahomans supporting Oklahomans? And thank you guys for supporting me and this podcast. I love you guys. I appreciate all that you do. Keep listening. Hunting season's right around the corner, so be prepared for some awesome content coming up. And until next time, I will see you guys later.